There's a biblical concept of peace called shalom. Essentially, it's the idea of all of the wrongs finally being made right. Mm. The broken is fixed, the lost is found, the heart is healed, the stolen is replenished. We're all together brought to completeness or wholeness. What are those things that lay underneath this idea that help to bring it to fruition, to realization? One, I think we need to not think about it so much as just being a big picture ideal, like something that will happen in, in the distant future. Yes, when Jesus returns, this will be what is true, and I absolutely trust this and deeply long for it. However, we're not there yet. So what does shalom mean? What could it mean for you? What could it mean for your neighbor? Secondly, Christian compassion and hospitality are two practical expressions of the life of Christ in a believer. How do we look at these two expressions in our life, and how do we integrate them in with what we see and know going on around us? Well, listeners, I would love to welcome you back to our second podcast in our series with Safe Families. Uh, The Lower Mainland director is Jennifer Gamash, and Jennifer is also here today with um, our own Pastor Carol Goh. So last episode, we chatted a little bit about the ministry of Safe Families and got to know Jennifer a little bit and what Safe Family does for those in crisis and how much strength the local church can offer to those who are in need for a short period of time. In that time, the family has safety and in the relationships the church folk provide in real critical life moments. And today we're going to spend a bit of time in conversation around Christian compassion and hospitality as expressions of the life in Christ in the believer. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Yeah, it's good to see you again, slash still. We're kind of all recording this in one day, but um, I don't know if I needed to really talk about that, but I did. So anyway, we're here and I am, again, I'm just looking forward to this idea and I I kind of got hooked on the idea of hospitality, biblical hospitality, a little mm-hmm. bit last year. I've got my own story with that. I was traveling in the Middle East, and I've got a series of podcasts from uh, from last spring's 2023 um, that some of you might be interested in. If not, that's totally okay. But I was hit with mm-hmm. um, an idea around hospitality and how impactful the gospel can be um, and what how hospitable um, mm-hmm. the good news really is. And... Um, I mean, I think that's just, I think, honestly, I think it's something, it's it's hard for me, um, but it's something that I think I'm, I'm going to be learning about for, you know, for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully God will help me to integrate that a little bit better into my life, because I do think, I do think it's not just profound, but it's important. I think it's more than just sharing a meal or providing a meal for somebody. Um, I think it's, I think it's a lot more than that, and... And so I'm looking forward to today because as we talk about hospitality being an expression um, in the life of a believer, I think that's coupled with compassion. Mm-hmm. And and compassion is a word that, okay, I love word studies. I'm, I'm not going to lie. T- I totally geek out on that. So this is why, like, again, <laughs> this is why discussion around this is, is just really fun for me. Um, but I'm not always sure how to describe compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it might be an emotion, but I'm finding out that it's it's probably a little bit more than than something we might feel. I think I think we do feel sadness. Um, I think we might feel overwhelmedness as a result of something that we see or that we hear about. Um, in a similar vein, I, I think we understand love. Like if we look at the word love, we understand that it is much more than warm and fuzzy feelings. And I'm not saying that deep feelings aren't a part of love or a part of compassion. Uh, but as we look at in particular, as we look at love, it also comes down to a nitty-gritty response to choose to be patient, to choose to be kind, uh, to put jealousy and boasting and rudeness aside. Um, 
we choose not to delight in the misfortune of another person or keep records of wrongs. And so I think, mm. you know, like in, in a comparative word, like love is a big word um, and big feelings are involved, but um, feelings can't be solely definitive of, of as an expression of love. There's just so much more to love. And I think compassion is one of those words mm. that um, might be a little bit misrepresented. And so ladies, let's talk a little bit about how, how would you describe compassion? How would, how would you talk about compassion? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite verses around compassion is Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And when I think about uh, the, you know, the relationship between compassion and, and comfort and, and how they really go hand in hand, it reminds me, Jennifer, of your story. Hmm. The reason that you're involved with safe families is because people from the church came alongside you, showed you compassion, and provided comfort for you and your family where, when you were in crisis. Absolutely. And now as an adult and as a mature believer, you are able to provide compassion and comfort to others in crisis mm-hmm. because you've received it. You've known it. That's right. And I, I think that's where we have to start. Uh, compassion is a characteristic of God. It says over and over in Scripture that our God is a God of compassion. And us developing the characteristic of compassion is us reflecting it. For me, compassion is also linked to holiness. Uh, It's not just a New Testament thing. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, God set aside the people of Israel. They are his own people. And he expected his people to reflect his character. And some of the ways he expected them to do that is to be kind to the needy, to take care of orphans and widows, to be kind to the stranger, to be kind to the foreigner. And when we behave in this way, we reflect the character of the God who loved us and who saves us. Right. Yeah. And thank God. (laughs) Thank God for that. Yes. Um, For his for his compassion. Um, I think of always the first thing that comes to my mind when this word comes up is um, when, you know, Jesus was out in the fields and um, it's in Matthew nine somewhere. Um, I know it's super helpful, but Matthew nine somewhere (laughs) and he's he's out and he's looking over the people and he had compassion on them because he knew that they were helpless, harangued, and without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so there's, I think there's an idea um, around compassion that uh, that's messy. Um, yeah. it's th- and this is where it's more than a feeling. Like it's, it's something that moved Christ to action, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, and we all know the story, like uh, Jesus on the cross. Um, maybe we don't, but there's... You know, Jesus went, he went to the cross and, you know, it's often re- referred to as the passion mm-hmm. of, of the Christ. You know, there's the movie about it. There's um, that week before Easter is, is often, um, and in some, in some denominations and, and, um, and such, it's called the Passion Week and right. where, where he's mm-hmm. preparing. And, and passion literally means to suffer. You know, it, it literally means to suffer. And 
and Christ did. He he went through a lot before he went on the cross. Like he was, you know, brought before a court. Um, he was declared guilty for really no reason at all. Um, he was taunted and beaten mm-hmm. and and all sorts of things and, until he really died a violent death, um, pegged up, you know, pegged up on a cross. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing about that that's warm and fuzzy. You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we understand passion. Um, you know, these these intense feelings of of love or desire, and I think that's got to be part of it. Because I don't know that Christ would have stayed up on that cross if that if that wasn't a part of it. But it was really about his suffering, and so mm-hmm. compassion. Um, like Christ was alone. It was just the passion of the Christ. It wasn't the compassion right. of Christ. You know that, but his compassion was that he entered into life and he entered into the suffering. Um, I think we could also look at it from the incarnation. You know, it's, you know, being among the people he was incarnate. And so compassion means to suffer with or Mm -hmm. to suffer alongside. And and so as I think of Christ and he's looking out at these people, the compassion that he had, the the entering into Mm -hmm. and the, you know, in, in kindness and, you know, in the, in the healings that he did, um, you know, he, he lived life with people who were suffering and, mm-hmm. and then did, and then he did something about it quite dramatically. Right. <laughs> so Christ did something about it on the cross. Yeah. And what he invites us to do is to take this compassion. We're suffering along with somebody. And then we do practical acts of service to meet needs. And to me, that's the link to hospitality. Yeah. So hospitality is providing uh, com- food and shelter and, and company. And the verse that really frames it for me is uh, in Matthew 25, when he's separating out the sheep and the goats. And Jesus says, then uh, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the people said, well, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so we've got compassion and hospitality linked here through practical acts of service Mm -hmm. that we are doing for people who don't look like Jesus. Right. Right? right. It's it's not obvious. Mm -hmm. They seem to be a stranger. Sometimes they seem to be people who have brought trouble upon themselves. And yet Jesus is saying uh, (coughs) the food and clothing and security, visiting, showing love, these are holy acts. Absolutely. When they're done with the motivation of uh, a reflection of our love for God. That's right. At Safe Families, we call it biblical hospitality, okay. or we refer to it as biblical hospitality. And I love what you're saying about compassion, walking alongside people in suffering, like as a definition. And where we see that the need and have that feeling of compassion, but tying it with the acts of actually involving ourselves. God extended hospitality to us, his children, through his love for us and inviting us into his heart. And so by extending hospitality to those in need, 
um, we as Christians or say families is encouraging the church to continue its its role of caring for the orphan and the widow. The scriptures lead us to make room in our busy, comfortable lives that we sometimes want to just protect, um, but to open our hearts and our homes to others to welcome in the stranger. And sometimes we're giving out of our surplus. Sometimes our you know, we've got a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're giving out of our need. Absolutely. Right? There are many of us who have stories where of God rescuing us out of our circumstances. And we can relate to the brokenhearted because we have been yes. brokenhearted. Yes. We ourselves have been in need at different seasons of our life. And so we are able to uh, give without judgment mm-hmm. to those who are currently in need. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a hard thing to look for because it's a big thing. It's a big thing, you know, to put yourself into, you know, again, and sometimes it's easy to give out of surplus. um, But there's, I think, a lot of times people live without surplus. Yes. Because we're just regular people, you know, without necessarily windfalls. And, you know, we've got, we've got things going on in our lives. And so I think just why... Why are, is it important for us to, to think about compassion and, and to develop maybe some theology and some conviction, um, maybe even to even start praying about praying to God and having mm-hmm. conversation about him, about why, why some of these things are important? I think we've kind of hit on some of the edge mm-hmm. of, of why that's important. But for the, for the individual, why is is thoughts and prayers and the development of conviction or sorry development of theology and conviction around you know these kind of two expressions of the life of christ and the believer Mm -hmm. why why is it important um i'm going to approach it from the back side okay uh from when we we've been uh, active at robertson elementary school for many years and every time there's a new principal we get a little nervous Mm -hmm. is the new principal going to embrace Mm -hmm. acts of kindness from a church in a society where church and state is is so readily separated so uh several years ago when we got a new principal we're coming in and i'm like okay we lead with cookies (laughs) okay so we've got women in our in our church who've been baking (laughs) cookie for years because it's hard to say no to cookies (laughs) and and just this simple act um can sometimes open other doors. And so we were talking about cookies and then we were talking about other volunteers coming in to read to children and help serve lunches and things like that. And the the principal looked at me and she kind of had tears in her eyes and she said, why would you do this for us? The new principal. The new principal. And I was taken aback. At that time, I wasn't a pastor yet. I wasn't even on staff yet. I was just a volunteer leading other volunteers. Mm -hmm. And um, the first words that popped out of my mouth is I said, we're trying to obey the commandment of Jesus to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is the simple truth. Mm -hmm. We do this because Jesus tells us to do it. And he doesn't just suggest it. He commands it. And loving our neighbor as ourself costs us something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to look like costing you everything all the time. Sometimes it costs us baking cookies, right? Or sometimes it costs us volunteering an hour or two here and there as we can. And God takes the little that we have in our current season of life. All of our volunteers have full lives. You know, they've got their own families and they've got their own problems, Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're volunteering because they've got nothing to do, uh, but they're volunteering because they feel like they want to express uh, their gratitude for the Lord who's done so much for them. 
Right. They want to give back in some in some tangible ways. I love the verse first John four nineteen, we love because he first loved us. Yes. So we have received that love and we want to have an outpouring because when we've been loved, we want to love others. We want to show that Christ's love to other people and be those hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I mean we're talking about active theology, which which I love because I'm I'm pretty practical. I mean, yes. as much as I love talking about word studies, um, I actually really appreciate practicality. And so we're we're talking about obedience and, mm-hmm. and yes, that's absolutely part of it. But but is is having an understanding um, of compassion and hospitality, what are the benefits of that? Um, how, because I see it, you know, as, as a motivation. Like I, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's, it's hard to be obedient, but is there, and it, it will, it can often be always hard, yes. <laughs> you know, to be obedient, you know, and it's, an, and I'm not saying your answer isn't right. Um, obedience is an easy answer mm-hmm. and, and it's still a right answer because mm-hmm. we do want to be obedient to Christ because we want to be more like Christ. But how is us developing specific theology around some of these things, ab- around some of these virtues, the characteristics of Christ? How is it helpful and good for us mm-hmm. um, to develop those in our own selves? Mm-hmm. Um, d- does it make obedience easier? Mm-hmm. Um, what does... Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of just throwing it out there because mm-hmm. I, as much as obedience is a right answer and an easy answer, mm-hmm. um, what's the point in understanding compassion? Well, uh, let's back up and talk about motivation. Okay. Because what motivates us to be obedient? Um, if our motivation to be obedient is I'm hoping to do enough good things to get into heaven, like we're never going to get there. Right. <laughs> right. Or I want to do enough good things that I look good to other Christians. <laughs> or I want to do enough good things to overcome some of the wrong things that I do. That that just doesn't wash. Right. Um, but those are real thoughts that that I know that I think about. I don't yes. like that I think about them and I don't want to think about them. Mm-hmm. But I do think about them. Correct. <laughs> and I don't want to think about them. Correct. And I don't think I'm the only one. Right. They, they compete with us. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking through um, for, for pure motivation, you know, and we're asking God to kind of sift through these things and to help us keep going. Uh, one of my favorite motivations is God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. Right. Don't give grudgingly. Mm. Um, don't laugh. Don't give until it hurts. Give until till it tickles. <laughs> Steve Green said that on a kid's tape one time, and I, I just love that. Right. Um, so w- we don't need to be a martyr to give sacrificially to other people. So part of that discernment process comes through prayer, right. coming to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, is this something you're calling me to? What are the gifts and talents that you would have me use in this season at this time? And his answer for us is often that still small voice, and it's gentle, and it's clear. Mm-hmm. And then we experiment and we try it. If you sign up and uh, your whole family falls apart because you're giving too much, well, then you need to back off, right? Yep. <laughs> and and that's okay. And it's okay to make mistakes, and it's okay to find where your limits are through trial and error. I think sometimes we hesitate to give because we don't know where the boundaries are, and we don't know where the limits are, and we're afraid it'll be overwhelming to us, and so we do nothing. Right. And finding out what the appropriate level of, of giving is and what the appropriate motivation is, there there's no way to do it other than to just try it. 
and be in prayer and be in communication, you know, with your spouse and your friends and, and the people who trust you and love you and, and move forward as best you can. I don't have a formula. I didn't figure it out magically. Uh, it was messy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think, too, where um, what I'm trying to get at here is because, again, just the idea of coming alongside and suffering with somebody. Yeah. Um, we, we're not comfortable with suffering. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not comfortable. Oh, our Western idea is to alleviate suffering at all times right. as yes. quickly as possible. Yeah, for our, for our own self and comfort. And there's, mm-hmm. like, let me be clear, too. I, I don't think that there's a lot wrong with that. Mm. You know, um, there's, I don't think there's a way that we can get around it, to mm. be honest. Um, but I, I think I think there's a measure of, of that that, that we'll you know, that we'll always have to struggle with. And that's, that's just it. We're not gonna, you know, radically cure everything, but options like, you know, safe family, uh, we're trying to help alleviate their Mm -hmm, suffering mm -hmm. um, for a period of time. And that's where this compassion kind of, kind of comes in. And I think it's important um, to have a theology around compassion so that we see the things that maybe we can get involved in. Right. um, That we can see that we understand that everybody's suffering. Yes. And that, um, and that as, as we understand that, I, I, I just wonder if, if we will understand who Jesus is a little bit more. Absolutely. There might be, you know, there's, I think there's growth, obviously there's always, when you develop theology and you develop conviction around good solid biblical theology there is always transformative growth Mm -hmm. there's always a a deepening in your knowledge and your love for Jesus and you know God the Father you you experience the Holy Spirit at work in your life all of these things happen when we spend time in the word when we're developing our theology Mm -hmm. and when we I think because again I I think compassion is really hard yeah um I think we can we can talk about these ideas and um, and giving and um, asking God to use our gifts and all of that as part of it. But if we're not seeing, if we're not understanding um, that at some level everybody is suffering Mm -hmm. and that um, that there are things that we can be a part of to alleviate that, that's what the gospel Mm -hmm. is. You know, there's good news for the weary. There's Mm -hmm. you know, come unto me, those who are weary. Like there is good news. and if I, I just, I'm, I'm nervous if I don't, if I don't understand compassion and if I'm not more motivated by that than, mm-hmm. than doing good works and, mm-hmm. you know, what looks impressive or what, you know, boxes to check, um, then I, I don't know how long lasting that's going to be. Cause it's always going to be easier to say no, right? Yep. you know, but, and that's why it's scary to, to, to come alongside and, and look deeply at compassion and to spend some time in in the word and to see and and really realize some of the things that Jesus did yeah. um, and, and some of the acts of compassion to spend time in that um, because it will change it will change the way that we think the way that we act and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah you know it's very it's very uncomfortable and it w- it's a transformative process yeah uh, when I first started looking at ministering to those in our neighborhood, I, I will be honest. I was like, the church is going to save the neighborhood. And here I come on my white horse. And it was very exciting. and gives you a lot of energy for to begin with. Um, but it doesn't last long, right? Because you realize that these problems are, are overwhelming and pervasive and, and you get swallowed up in it. And what the Lord ended up doing was revealing 
to me how badly I needed him and how badly I needed other people. And coming back to uh, this idea of a, of a broken healer, I'm, I'm serving out of my brokenness. Right. I relate to them because of my own neediness. It wasn't Carol the pastor that is doing good works in the neighborhood. It's Carol who grew up uh, with a single mom and alcoholism and mental illness and abandonment. Like, like that's what qualifies me for this work. Right, right being in touch with my own pain and knowing that it is Jesus who saves. Right. Knowing that there that his love first saved me and because I received so much, I can reflect some of that love back to other people. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah, it it really is a it really is a process. So what are you know, what are some things as we think about this? Because again, we're not taking we're we're taking a bit of a dive into some of these things, but we could honestly spend hours talking Absolutely. about this kind of thing, and yeah, um, and we're not going to. But these are things that listener, you can be praying about, um, praying through. You know, check out you know check out some spend some time in the life of Jesus, and mm-hmm. you know, look at look at compassion from that perspective. What are some things that might keep us from expressing expressing compassion and hospitality? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of fear, like people are scared. They're scared. Mm-hmm. They, am I going to be able to help? Um, do, will I know what to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's, it comes at an inconvenient time for us. That could be a barrier. Yep. Um, we feel uncomfortable. Our lives are busy. I think, it, or it's like somebody else will do it or yep. I'll do it down the road or, but actually stepping into it you know there are those barriers I think fear is a big one of big one. Oh, I completely agree uh, I completely agree and I think pride is another one mm-hmm. uh, it's so easy for us to look at a situation and think well what bad decisions did they make to put themselves there mm. and and we tend to look down on others um, and so we're trying to use you know discernment like we don't want to enable people to continue in bad behavior mm-hmm. right but we, we do want to look on them with compassion and, and how do we figure this out? Um, it, it's difficult. Yeah, I think a lot of to what you're saying, Carol, you, it's about pride and I think it's also about judgment. I yeah. Think, I think judgment is one of the biggest separators between people. Yes. Um, I, I was just, again, I was, I was doing a little bit of reading. Um, I came across this quote from uh, bon, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, he says, we must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or omit to do and more in light of what they suffer. Mm. And I was just, I found that to be so profound. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking about that a lot um, because like I can be, I can be super judgy, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily out loud, but it certainly, it certainly is something that is a, a great separator between me and other people. And I, I'm embarrassed by it, to be honest. Um, But if I, you know, if I were to look at people through a different lens, again, a compassionate lens Mm -hmm. um, and a hospitable lens, um, I would hope that that changes things for me and, you know, for, you know, for other people. Because, again, I think this is the mark of an expression of Christ Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I certainly want, I certainly want that to be more reflective of Mm -hmm. him than... That's one thing that with myself getting involved with Safe Families that I've realized with interacting with so many different 
families in crisis situations and really struggling and seeing what they have been through and yet they're here you know they're asking for help Mm -hmm. they're being brave they're taking these steps and seeing Mm -hmm. what they've been through and to see them as you said in that beautiful quote seeing them through the the eye like through their suffering and I think it's just a beautiful way and I just also want to point out when when we're working you know, helping people, showing compassion, being hospitable. It's not just us giving, it's also us receiving. Like the, mm-hmm. the beautiful, um, we can learn a lot from oh, the people absolutely. that we're serving. And absolutely. so I, I love that um, we, may, we may be scared, we may be hesitant, we may be, um, you know, hesitant to jump in, but just an encouragement that as we help, as we walk out the love of Jesus, we are also shown so much in our own life and how they can teach us and how we can be better and how we can be more compassionate and hospitable. Even when I think back onto my own life, if there's been many times where I was like, well, if you were in my shoes, totally. you may have reacted like this too. Like I'm mm-hmm. not maybe proud of how I reacted, but there's a sense of like, but you don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that in a pity way because mm-hmm. I don't feel that now. But if we can look at people and see like, you have been through a lot. You had things stacked against you from the beginning. And yet yep. look at where you are. I think it really does change our perspective, our perspective, our ability to have compassion and try not to be as, as judgmental on first view of somebody yeah first meeting I think too I mean they're afraid they're proud yes and they're probably already judging themselves enough right Mm -hmm. you know and so to not have that extra for sure (laughs) that have extra but to offer again because this is where it's countercultural you know the idea of compassion and hospitality is countercultural mm-hmm. because we're already used to these other things and the idea of asking for help is countercultural yeah, we're supposed yeah. to be all independent and self-sufficient mm-hmm. so they're risking right by coming forward and asking for help to begin with it's yeah. very brave to come forward and ask for help yeah. yeah and and in some ways that might be e- even easier for for people to be able to offer co- compassion and mm-hmm. hospitality mm-hmm. so yeah, lots of good things to think about. Well, here's another here's another question. So as believers, we bump up against everything in between a nuance and a no holds barred opinion of a, of opposing views. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're we're not ever going to get around this and in fact, I think it's just worsening. Um we're getting we're coming up against it more and more, especially as we think of some of the societal issues. So like yeah, we think about, you know, some of these things that might be in the life of some of these families, but I also think about you know some of the things that we're dealing with in society um, you know, like made mm-hmm. medical assistance and dying, um, different lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. sexuality. There's a lot of things that bump up against, you know, biblical views and mm-hmm. truths and convictions. And so while we might hold um, too strong biblical theology around these particular issues, uh, what do we do when those convictions are confronted by an opposing or messy situation? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we would find this like people coming up against some of these kinds of things as they're interacting with with families. Um, and again, we're looking at it from a frame of compassion and hospitality. And mm-hmm. so with these, with these in mind, um, how does the Christian think about compassion and hospitality and how to, to still be able to continue to express it, you know, mm-hmm. in these kinds of situations? It's hard. Yes, it is. It's, uh, it's difficult and it's, it's messy. Well, and I think it's some of those things too, that can help us from expressing mm-hmm. compassion and hospitality is just these these really strong opposing views yeah and not knowing not knowing how to navigate 
mm-hmm. between that. So what are, what are maybe some of the things that you guys have been thinking about around that? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for myself, I, would, I wouldn't put restrictions on compassion or hospitality. I would hope and try, not imperfectly as I am, but to welcome all, to care for all, and to love all. I don't feel like we need to um, necessarily agree, but it doesn't change how I'm going to treat somebody and care for them at that time. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. it sounds like, you know, and I don't know if this is maybe what you're saying, but um, compassion and hospitality aside, because they're characteristics and, you know, expressions of the life of Christ in a believer, that a viewpoint is not greater than compassion and hospitality. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for believers to understand you can hold your biblical convictions and show love at the same time. Um, We can show love to someone who's considering medical assistance and dying and still believe that that's not a good biblical choice, right? right? Um, we don't need to completely avoid the situation in order to hold on to our convictions. Mm-hmm. So, so it's hard as I was kind of working through this, Holly, I wrote down there's four things to consider. Okay? Excellent. So here's my four points. Four points. Number one, there is more to this story. It began a long time ago and there are pieces I don't know. Number two, God is the judge. I don't have to figure out who's right in this situation. That can be God's, God's job. Number three, okay, I'm in. Can I just stop you there? That yes. is so freeing. It is. Yeah. It's so freeing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Just take a deep breath, right? Like yeah. we just let that be God's job. Number three, I'm invited to participate in a work of redemption. There may be a small thing that I can do to help. Right. That's all we're talking about. And not just help, but uh, to, to be present. Again, like we were talking about, I think it was in the previous podcast, about paradigm shifts. Yes. You know, and again, it's just, you know, people have one paradigm and they've, you know, like everybody has a story. There's more to the story. Yes. Um, but you put all of this together and you, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an opportunity and what a better way to look at a situation. I, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but you know, when I'm in front of a microphone, you know, talking to people like this is, you know, yeah. you can talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah, what a great opportunity to be part of transforming a paradigm. Absolutely. You don't know how the Lord's going to use you in that. No. And then number four, only Jesus saves. Right. I am not responsible for the outcome of the situation. And I do not have the power to save anyone. We would like to. We would like to. But that takes the pressure off of us. It does. It really does. Because when we think that we have to figure out who's right and wrong, and when we have to save somebody, we get sucked in and overwhelmed and we stop helping at all because it's too much. Mm -hmm. But if we can hang on to these truths, I can hang on to my convictions, God is the judge, only Jesus saves, then we can do the little steps that the Lord is calling us to do in this situation. Well, and I think those are great, those are great points, because it allows us to actually have working correct theology. Yes. Because when when we start, like when we enter into situations like this, either in judgment, fear, or pride, Mm -hmm. um, we're not working out of a correct theology. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, you know, we take some of those things and if some of those, the opposition to some of those things are some of the reasons why we're not engaging, we're not working with a correct theology. Mm-hmm. And we don't always have correct theology. Yep. And so um, 
is there is there priority in a sense you know to to some of these the the bits and pieces of theology that some of these issues kind of kind of attack mm. um like discompassion and hospitality reign ver- over my like you know what i mean like this totally. is so intricate like theology mm-hmm. is really intricate mm-hmm. you know and it intersects in so many different ways and so how how can we help people think around this because i think i think it's just, i think it's hard to disassociate mm-hmm. from our strong biblical view- views because it feels like we're supporting you yes. know when we enter in with compassion and hospitality when i i don't think that's a correct way of thinking about it either. So as we, we look at that, um, that messiness, that is the benefit of partnering with somebody like Safe Families, because they have been doing this from a Christian perspective for decades, where we're coming along and we're just trying to figure it out as we're going. Mm-hmm. So for example, there is a family in our neighborhood whose house burnt down. And so we as a church, this is a family in our own neighborhood, we wanted to come alongside. So I'm thinking we're going to, you know, raise some funds for some furniture. That was what I was thinking. What the family asked me to do is take one of the children. Right. Okay. Like take them where? Like take them. Take take her into my house and, and raise her. Okay. And it, it like, it started out for a day and then it was, well, can you just be her guardian for a while until we secure housing? And I was, you know, scared. And I I wasn't even on staff yet. I wasn't a pastor. Like, but these people had nobody, right. like you're talking about. And there was a, a pregnant 14-year-old in the family, and there was, you know... There's so much going on. There was so much going on, so many children. And so they said, well, will you just take the 8-year-old for a couple of days, <laughs> and which turned into a little bit longer. And I was trying to navigate this. Right. Where, where are the limits? And I wasn't even vetted. She barely knew me, right? But that shows how desperate some people are. Not like yes. she would trust you. But as far as like thinking of leaving your child with somebody you don't know. Yes. Yeah. They're in crisis. And so I was wrestling with that. What is the Christian thing to do? You know, what is my responsibility and and trying to figure it all out? But I was trying to do it kind of on my own. Right. When I met Jennifer, I got so excited because that would have been so helpful Mm -hmm. for me to have a mature believer to have some conversations with who had uh, some some you know, background in this and and help me to discern both the practical bits and pieces of what it looks like to temporarily care for another right. child, but also some of the theological pieces uh, of coming alongside there. Right. Yeah. So we stumbled and we got through it and, and, and it was temporary. Um, the Lord used it because he uses it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I desperately wish that safe families had been mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an important point too. Like, um, I mean, yeah, theology. There's theology and and conviction, but it's okay too that there that there are boundaries. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, because there's um, there there are those kinds of elements as well. And I I hope I didn't suggest that you know you just you go for broke because that's yeah. that's not wise either. Um, I think bottom line is I think it's. I really do think it's important for us to have theology, working active theology around m- many different components that we might not have spent a lot of time yes. on. Like we know we should have compassion. We know we should be hospitable. But what does that actually mean? And I think, right. I think there's, these are good questions to ask. I think they're, they're, they're good ways to grow and, and to have deepening, ever deepening understanding um, because things aren't 
They're not going to get better. <laughs> like they're, they're, and as they're we're, worsening. They're harder. As we're thinking about it, you don't have to have it all figured out no. before you get started. No. no. Right? We learn Sometimes more. Sometimes just start. Right? Sometimes it's just, just start. start. Yep. We learn more from what we do than from what we read. Yep. Right. Right, and God continues to reveal reveal things to us. Absolutely, as we as take we these steps of faith and 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 step out and and do small acts of hospitality. Yeah. There's there's definitely there's affirmation and and growth, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so yeah, this is I think this has been a really good conversation. Um, I think we're just going to leave it here, and I know that might that might leave some open ended things, but you know what? That's kind of the point because yeah. again. Um, we just we want we want to be thinking Christianly, um, mm. you know, as we look at the world around us, and in particular, we've been talking about safe families and families in crisis, and and how the church can step in and partner with this organization and helping these families realize measures of success in ways right. where they might not otherwise have had that opportunity. Um, but these are kind of some of the things that that I think are that could be calling us into to something greater. Mm. Um, in our personal lives, in the things that God might have for us, may, may, might be opening our eyes and might be opening our hearts to things. And so I hope that there's been some challenge mm-hmm. in here. And again, Pastor Carol and I would love to have some of these conversations with you. And so I invite you to give us a call. Um, again, coming up on February 4th, we are going to have um, an info and training time with Jennifer, who's you know been our guest, and she'll be our guest on our next podcast as well. Um, where she'll be able to talk a little bit more about the ins and outs, what it looks like for volunteers, and, and talk a little bit more about what safe, like the, you know, the, the details of safe families, mm-hmm. which I think will be so interesting. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe God has something for you, and that's that's a question that only you can answer, but one I hope you're asking. Mm. So until we see you next time, again, next podcast um, will be our third and final one in this series, and we'll be having a look a little bit more about what our parish is doing, and, again, some of these real practical pieces of safe families and maybe how there's some connection there. So I'm looking forward Uh to that as well. So until we see you again, uh, listener, um, yeah, I really do pray that God will bless you more and more in your love and understanding of who Jesus Christ is and in your life and maybe what he might have for you to do. We'll see you soon.